Hello, good afternoon. It's about 3.15 local time where I'm at in Korea. Um, I'm about to read chapter three of Alice in Wonderland. Some super fantastical is the only word I can think of for it. Crazy things. Got some really interesting voices and accents this time. Let's give it a go. As always, my readings are live, which means I can't go back and redo it. <laughs> it just it is what it is. You gotta live with it. So that means sometimes I make mistakes. So if I make a mistake, you can get your money back. Just kidding. They're all free. There's no money to be had. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Okay. <clears throat> Chapter three. A caucus race and a long tail. They were indeed a queer-looking party that assembled on the bank. The birds with draggled feathers, the animals with their fur clinging close to them, and all dripping wet, cross, and uncomfortable. The first question, of course, was how to get dry again. They had a consultation about this, and after a few minutes it seemed quite natural to Alice to find herself talking familiarly with them, as if she had known them all her life. Indeed, she had quite a long argument with the lorry, who at last turned sulky, and would only say, I'm older than you, and you must know better. And this Alice would not allow without knowing how old it was, and, as the lorry positively refused to tell its age, there was no more to be said. At last the mouse, who seemed to be a person of authority among them, called out, Sit down, all of you, and listen to me. I'll soon make you dry enough. They all sat down at once in a large ring with the mouse in the middle. Alice kept her eyes anxiously fixed on it, for she sure felt that she would catch a bad cold if she did not get dry very soon. Ahem, said the mouse with an important air. Are you all ready? This is the driest thing I know. Silence! All around, if you please. Ungra, <clears throat> whose cause was favoured by the Pope, was soon submitted to by the English who wanted leaders and had been of late much accustomed to usurpation and conquest. Edwin the Mocha, the Earls of Mercia and Northumbria. <laughs> said the lorry with a shiver. Beg your pardon, said the mouse, frowning, but very politely. Did you speak? Not I, said the lorry hastily. I thought you did, said the mouse. I proceed. Edwin the Morker, the earls of Mercia in Northumbria declared for him, and even Stigand, the patriotic archbishop of Canterbury, found it advisable. Found what? said the duck. Found it, the mouse replied rather crossly. Of course you know what it means. I know what it means well enough when I find a thing, said the duck. It's generally a frog or a worm. The question is, what did the archbishop find? The mouse did not notice this question, but hurriedly went on. Found it advisable to go with Edgar Aethling to meet with William and offer him the crown. 
William's conduct at first was moderate, but the insolence of his Normans... How are you getting on, my dear? It continued, turning to Alice as it spoke. As wet as ever, said Alice in a melancholy tone. It doesn't seem to be making me dry at all. And in that case said the dodo solemnly, rising to its feet. I move that the meeting adjourn, and for the immediate adoption of more energetic remedies. Spake English, said the eaglet. I don't know the meaning it had those long words, and what's more, I don't believe you do either. And the eaglet bent down its head to hide a smile. Some of the other birds tittered audibly. Well, I was going to say, said the dodo in an offended tone, was that the best thing to do to get us dry would be a caucus race. What is a caucus race? said Alice. Not that she wanted much to know, but the dodo had paused as if somebody ought to speak, and no one else seemed inclined to say anything. Why? said the dodo. The best way to explain it is to do it. And as you might like to try the thing yourself some winter day, I will tell you how the dodo managed it. First, it marked out a race course in the sort of circle. The exact shape doesn't matter, it said. And then all the party were placed along the course, here and there. There was no one, two, three, and away, but they began running when they liked left off when they liked, so that it was not easy to know when the race was over. However, when they had been running half an hour or so and were quite dry again, the dodo suddenly called out, The race is over! And they all crowded round it, panting and asking, But who is one? This question the dodo could not answer without a great deal of thought. Hmm. And it sat for a long time, with one finger pressed upon its forehead, the position in which you usually see Shakespeare in the pictures of him, while the rest waited in silence. At last the dodo said, Everybody has won, and all must have prizes. But who is to give the prizes? Quite a chorus of voices asked. Why? See, of course said the dodo, pointing to Alice with one finger, and the whole party at once crowded round her, calling in a, out in a confused way, Prizes! Prizes! Alice had no idea what to do, and in despair she put her hand in her pocket and pulled out a box of comfits. Luckily, the salt water had not got into it, and handed them round as prizes. There was exactly one apiece all round. But she must have a prize herself, you know, said the mouse. Of course, said the dodo very gravely. What else have you got in your pocket? He went on, turning to Alice. Only a thimble, said Alice sadly. Hand it over here. Then they all crowded round her at once, while the dodo solemnly presented the symbol, saying, We pay your of this elegant symbol. And when it had finished this short speech, they all cheered. 
Alice thought the whole thing very absurd, but they all looked so grave that she did not dare to laugh, and, as she could not think of anything to say, she simply bowed. Took the thimble, looking as solemn as she could. The next thing was to eat the comfits. This caused some noise and confusion, as the large birds complained that they could not taste theirs, and the small ones choked and had to be patted on the back. However, it was over at last, and they sat down again in a ring and begged the mouse to tell them something more. "'You promised to tell me your story, you know,' said Alice, "'and why it is you hate C and D.' She added in a whisper, half afraid that it would be offended again. Mine is a long and a sad tale, said the mouse, turning to Alice and sighing. It, it is a long tale, certainly, said Alice, looking down with wonder at the mouse's tail. But why do you call it sad? and she kept on puzzling about it while the mouse was speaking, so that her idea of the tale was something like this. Fury said to the mouse that he met in the house. Let us both go to the law. I will persecute you. Come, I'll take no denial. We must have a trial. For really this morning I have nothing to do, said the mouse to the cur. Such a dear sir, with no jury, a judge would be wasting our breath. I'll be judge, I'll be jury, said cunning old fury. I'll try the whole cause and condemn you to death. You're not attending, said the mouse to Alice severely. What are you thinking of? I beg your pardon, said Alice very humbly. We had got to the fifth bend, I think. I had not, cried the mouse, sharply and very angrily. I not, said Alice, always ready to make herself useful, and looked anxiously about her. Oh, do let me help you to undo it. I shall do nothing of the sort, said the mouse, getting up and walking away. You insult me by talking such nonsense. I didn't mean it, pleaded poor Alice. But you're so easily offended, you know. The mouse only growled in reply. Please, come back and finish your story, Alice called after it. And the others all joined in chorus. Yes, please do. But the mouse only shook its head impatiently and walked a little quicker. What a pity it wouldn't stay cried the lorry as soon as it was quite out of sight and an old crab took the opportunity of saying to her daughter ah oh, my dear let this be a lesson that you shall never lose your temper hold your tongue ma said the young crab a little snappishly you're enough to try the patience of an oyster i wish i had our diner here i know i do said alice aloud addressing nobody in particular She'd soon fetch it back. Who is Dinah, if I might venture to ask the question, said Laurie. Alice replied eagerly, for she was always ready to talk about her pet. Dinah's our cat, and she's such a capital one for catching mice, you can't think.
And oh, I wish you could see her after the birds. Why, she'll eat a little bird as soon as look at it. This speech caused a remarkable sensation among the party. Some of the birds hurried off at once. One old magpie began wrapping itself up very carefully, remarking, I really must be getting home. The night air doesn't suit my throat. And a canary called out in a trembling voice to its children, Come away, my dears. It is high time you all in bed. On various pretexts, they all moved off and Alice was soon left alone. I wish I hadn't mentioned Dinah, she said to herself in a melancholy tone. Nobody seems to like her down here, and I'm sure she's the best cat in all the world. Oh, my dear Dinah, I wonder if I shall ever see you again. And here poor Alice began to cry, for she felt more lonely and very low-spirited. In a little while, however, she again heard a little pattering of footsteps in the distance, and she looked up eagerly, half hoping the mouse had changed his mind and was coming back to hear his story. That's the end of chapter three. These chapters are super short. <laughs> oh, chapter four is called The Rabbit Sends In a Little Bill. And chapter five... Advice from a caterpillar. Mm, I'm going to have to listen to these and think about what um, accents and voices I want them to have. The lorry, for example, when I looked it up, is a kind of parrot. So surprise, lorry! Right? Um, I tried to make the duck sound tight like a duck, like a duck says, quack, 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 quack. So maybe the duck talks like this. <laughs> I can't do voices like that, though. A lot of people can. Anyway, I'm excited to see you tomorrow. Bye.